Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,804. Today, I'm across the pond in the UK. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in London, England, with a very special guest by the name of James O'Kane. Hey, James, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I'm ready, Mark. Let's go. All right, we'll have some fun. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into your world, share one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, James. Yeah, so I started the business O'Kane OK Labors when I was 19 years old, just when I was finishing ed- education. Wow. So it was quite, quite early on. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, a bit ambitious. I think that's great. You obviously, and we'll learn more about this after your introduction, you obviously had your targets set pretty tight at a pretty young age, right? Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything else I would have considered as a career, really. And yeah, yeah, set my heights early on and uh, continued with it. Well, it's uh, it's been a great couple of years so far. I think that's fantastic. So many young people have no clue what they want to do. They're still trying to find <laughs> their way. So you got a big jump on a lot of people. Let me give you a proper introduction and we'll dive into your world. James O'Kane is the founder of O'Kane Lavers, a hub for motor car collectors from around the world. They handle sales and acquisitions of the finest and most important vehicles from a variety of marks and years. Their global network allows them to provide a personal experience and advocacy for both the sellers, buyers, and collectors alike. James has spent a lifetime around automobiles, attending the most prestigious events on the annual calendar, both internationally and nationally. He's part of the next generation of dealers, and he is seizing the opportunities and inevitable trends, whilst making the principles that an original classic are always the best. O'Kane Lavers isn't tied to a single mark, and they offer a tailored service to experience with discretion and transparency being paramount. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with James, but first a word from our very valued friends and sponsors. So sit tight, keep the seatbelts on. We're going for a ride through London today. We'll be right back. Fantastic. Did you know the most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior is the sun? Harsh UV rays damage your interior over time, cracking the dash, fading colors, and the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you and me. Their quality-made sunscreens are easy to use, take seconds to install and to remove, and they protect your vehicles while parked in the sun if using a cover isn't a good option. I have one for every one of my cars. They come in a variety of colors and options and their accordion design makes unfolding and folding them up for storage as cool as the summer breeze. Your sunscreen comes custom tailored for your special vehicles and manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. Here at Cars Yeah, I've got a savings just for you. Use the code yeah 21 that's Y-E-A-H, Two one at Covercraft.com and they'll give you 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Simply use the code yeah 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. 
The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance is where I now have my policy. What a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush, and provided a reasonable quote. American Collectors Insurance now protects my special ride. I'm saving hundreds of dollars and I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, James, we are back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner here. I'd love for you to share more about this business, uh, your life as you had this target at a very young age. It's a nice way to get those inspirational tires spinning a little bit. So, James, grab the wheel. Thank you, Mark. I was very fortunate enough to be brought up around my grandfather's cars. So that ranged anything from a pre-war Bentley right up to a Daytona. So very, very fortunate enough in that regard, attending Brooklands, a lot of events over here in the United Kingdom. And then from there, I think like many kids who brought around motorcycles or cars, it kind of continues. It's, it's a bug. It's a hobby. And that continued right right from my early youth, uh, right into education. And I said early on, the only thing I could, I could ever thought myself doing was something involved in motor cars. Uh, and a number of opportunities really presented themselves at a similar time uh, a number of years ago. And that's how I started a business. And the business from there has, has started in, in classic motor cars and uh, right up to modern sports cars as well. So while attending university, you must have been one of those guys who just couldn't wait to get through that process <laughs> so that you could get rolling, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I mean, predominantly, I drive back Friday, and there'll be a car event Saturday and Sunday. So I think, like yourselves in the US, you know, we we tend to have car shows every every day if possible, sure. uh, and they start very early, and they they tend to go on for a long, long time. So yeah, certainly, that my my mind was very much focused on cars for throughout many, many years. Certainly, in, in during education. Well, tell us a little bit about your grandfather, because obviously he had a great influence in your life. And I always ask people about key mentors, driving aspirations, people that really guided you into the direction that you found yourself. Was he that key influential person in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he was certainly one of the most, most important person in my life, especially at cars. He really got involved in cars because all, all his buddies did. Um, so he started off with Rolls Royces, so Phantoms, and then Silver Ghosts, onto Blur Bentleys, and onto Derby Bentleys. And then kind of from there, kind of going on to the 80s and 90s, he got back into kind of, the, he got a Countach at one point, he got a Daytona. Oh my gosh. Going. So he, he really followed suit. He, he wasn't, I wouldn't call him a car guy. You know, he didn't go to car shows, but he always enjoyed having a handful of nice cars. Uh, and he said, certainly appreciate them. He kept them for a long, long time. Uh, we, we still have we still have a handful today. Um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, a real enthusiast, but not you know, not one to not one to drive around London as such. <laughs> well, um, driving around London can be a bit of a challenge, from my understanding, with the traffic. Yeah, and everything. It, it, yeah, it, it's it's not an ideal situation. I, I I mean, he was lucky he lived outside London at that point in time, so lots of country roads. But yeah, very very unfortunate enough to be brought up around those sorts of cars and be surrounded by them. You know, I think we're all very lucky enough to see so many great cars, certainly at Pebble Beach, let's just say, or various other um, garages. 
but actually be able to spend a number of years around one specific car that, I mean let's just say a fringe that's are going you, you really get up and close to that car a number of years and you, you certainly spot things you didn't see a couple of weeks ago let's say mm-hmm. so very fortunate enough to have that kind of detailed experience of some of those cars from very early on age would you say, because a lot of us, like I didn't get to be around my grandparents much. They lived far away from me and we would go visit mm. them. My grandfather was, he was a cowboy. He yeah. grew up on a farm. He was a rancher. He rode horses up until pretty much the last day of his life. I mean, I just looked at him as this like Marlboro man, you know, the, the cowboy who lived far away. I lived on the beach in Southern California. He was in Texas. So when I went there, it was like going to an alien planet. But I yeah. always thought, what if I could have spent more time around him because being around the a second generation back gives you a different perspective so were there some things that your grandfather gave you a different perspective about cars that you think if you didn't have him in your life you wouldn't have today yeah completely I, yeah i mean i mean he was he was born during the second world war so of course motor cars weren't quite what they were later in life so um yeah completely as, as you know as i say he, he he enjoyed his cars he had a, a real passion for predominantly rolls royce bentley's and mercedes towards the end so he, he had a he had a real you know he knew what he liked uh, and certainly by the last few years of his life he, he certainly chose what he exactly wanted to enjoy uh, and that's ultimately what we have but uh, yeah i think you do get a different perspective you know b- b- because they've they put their own money into that car they've owned it for five ten 30 40 years wow. they've maintained it themselves maybe they've painted it themselves they've restored it themselves mm-hmm. so, so they they obviously have their very you know they have a, a love for that car and obviously they're able to spend not just you know one day with him in that uh, particular car being able to spend you know 20 odd years let's say um you, you you grow into that if that makes sense um and i, th- I think that's what a, a lot of people sadly do miss out on, 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 on with their grandparents let's say or grandma oh yeah absolutely well, you know, since we're on this topic, I, I find it really cool, and you're so fortunate you got to spend that time with your grandfather. Is there maybe one special day with Grandpa, as we would call him over here, your grandfather, that stands out still in your mind so very clear that it evolves around cars? Maybe this was a drive, it was attending. You say you didn't go to a lot of car shows, but maybe being in the garage with him. Is there one special day that just rings true in your head? Yeah, the, the, there is probably one, one special day, the day when I probably met my, my favorite car. Sadly, it wasn't his. But uh, I think it was a Sunday afternoon, probably going there for lunch or something. Uh, I, I'm going to put it up, and I think outside at the time, as a Rolls Royce for Silver Dawn. Mm. And his neighbor, two houses down, was also a bit of a car guy, had quite a big garage, and was always fiddling around with cars. And he had predominantly uh, Alfa Romeo's, Maseratis. But parked outside kind of on this greeny lane in Surrey, which is just below London, um, was a Jaguar C-Type. Oh, wow. Uh, and I remember I would have been, I think it would have been 10 or 12 at that point. Mm-hmm. I remember looking through, because I was in the, the passenger seat, looking through the glass, we were turning to his driveway and seeing that the nose of that C-type sat there <laughs> on the side of the road. It wasn't a busy road, thank God. Yeah. Uh, I remember thinking, oh my God. And as soon as I got out of the car, I walked right back out onto the road and just stared at that thing for half an hour. And, and that, I, was just, I was obsessed then from from there on with C-types. Yeah. But th- th- that was a important day. Sadly, it wasn't a car my grandfather was ever going to purchase. But I remember chatting to the guy who owned it, the neighbor. Uh, and he, he just bought it and he had it for two weeks. Wow. And um, that was special because, of course, I would have never seen a C-type if, if the family hadn't lived there, let's say. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a wonderful car. You know, what comes to mind is a good friend of mine, a past guest here on Cars. Yeah, Bill Pack. He's a photographer. V12 Enterprises is his business. And uh, just last week on my weekly emails that I send out to my subscribers, I used one of his photographs of a C-type. 
that he shot. I'm going to email that to you, James, because you will Please you will love it. Yeah, he takes some magnificent uh, photographs of cars and just the way he captured the lines and the lights on that car, uh, absolutely brilliant. So when you think about that time you spent with your grandfather and these cars, was there a specific time, a point in time you went, you know what, I'm going to make a life around this? Was there a, a <laughs> moment when you went, how do I do that? Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, the, there is quite a story of that, actually. I remember it would have been 2017. It was October 2017. And my neighbor is a gentleman called, I'm going to I love me saying his name, is a name called, gentleman called Steve Wakefield. Mm-hmm. And he works for a gentleman called Simon Kidston. Ah, Simon, yes, he's been a guest here. Yes. So so Steve's been a neighbor for over over a decade. And also I've known Steve for a long, long time. I always knew he worked with cars, but I didn't know who he worked for. I, I, we'd heard for his wife that he writes and et cetera, et cetera. So I thought, well, I'm going to go and knock on his door and, and have a chat. So I did. And I must, we must have sat for a good two and a half hours. And he explained to me what he did and, and the business as such. And after, after when he, he showed me what Simon did in his business, his website, et cetera, et cetera. And he introduced me to Simon. And I remember s- sitting in his lounge and him just telling me stories on stories and stories at that moment i thought this is what i have to do that mm-hmm. this is this is all i want to do and I, I remember that for a long long time so um yeah it probably was that it, it was being able to see it was getting into someone's house and, and, and ultimately seeing what they got to do for a living uh, and thinking that that interests me too well it's a wonderful thing that he shared that with you and sparked that idea in your brain that went wow i can do that which is a great segue to my next question and that is if a young person was to come to you and say, hey, I want to do something with cars, how would you advise them to going about having a career perhaps similar to yours? Yeah, I mean, it's something we could chat for hours about. Um, I think think determination, persistence. You know, nothing's particularly given to anybody. Uh, I I wasn't handed a business. I I started the business myself and has forged it that way. And it's persistence, you know, these cars which we're so lucky to talk about and enjoy, you know, they, they just pop up. You know, I, I waited years to be able to buy a car or years to help a customer buy a car. So, yeah, persistent determination and, and ultimately just, just have a good idea what you're going to do. I think um, one thing we've seen experience with this whole COVID-19 situation of Corona is it maybe not to be tied to one mark, which might be controversial. But, you know, obviously a lot of the guys who just sell Aston Martins or, or just sell Porsches, um, you know, I, I think you have to be different. You have to stand out. Right. And by doing that, of course, they do. But it's maybe two of an error audience. Certainly here in the UK, the market's been very different over the last 14, 16 months. But yeah, I, I, as I say, ultimately, I think it's determination and, and not giving up. I hear that from so many guests here about entrepreneurs, persistence, determination, grit, whatever you want to call it. It's a really wise comment you just made, and it goes back to the idea of not putting all your eggs in one basket when you're tied to one mark. Things can shift and change, and all of a sudden your mark is out of interest, out of play for a while, and then you go, oh, what do I do now? But this leads to another idea that I've learned from talking to so many people, and that is if you feel that you're kind of tied to one mark, branch out a little bit. Go to some different car shows. See some different vehicles. You may fall in love with something you never knew, and the way to do it is what you did. Go and talk to people. And learn about the vehicles, because that's one thing about car people. We love to share things. Let's take a short break. We come back, I'm going to ask you what I like to call is the challenge question. So sit tight, keep the seatbelts on. We'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. 
Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. Join Linkage. Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Plus, if you use the code CARSYEAH when you check out when subscribing at LinkageMag.com, they'll give you $10 off. That's right. LinkageMag.com. Subscribe today. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership according to Lipson, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. And Cars Yeah! is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. All right, James, we are back. So now you're still the young man. You're still building this brand. You've got a long way to go, a lot of roads to travel. However, I assume you've probably met up with a couple challenges, maybe some obstacles, maybe some boulders in the road, who knows, or a big failure. I would love for you to share one of those things. But more importantly, what did it teach you so that you can move past that situation in a positive way? Yeah, no, great question. I mean, regardless of I've missed so many planes, so many trains, and me stuck in traffic jams for hours and hours trying to get across the country. I think to be honest, you know, I haven't. I've been very lucky enough. You know, the, the business only started in 2019. I've been very lucky enough that I haven't had a a major failure in the business. But I think one of the things is is, is being active. You know, I think it's very easy to to sit behind the computer or, or sit behind books all day and, and just take phone calls. I think really actually to get out there, especially in the summer, which we're coming into, um, really get out to more car shows. Uh, obviously, we, we missed out on that last year, predominantly with COVID. But um, I, I think, I don't know if you called it a failure, but maybe maybe a review, certainly for myself, was to actually, instead of just, as I say, sitting down in front of a book or, t- or, the, or, or the computer or mobile phone doing emails, is actually to get out more. I mean, as I said, there's a car show, it seems, every day here in the, U- in the UK, and I'm sure in the US. So I don't know if that fully asked your question, but... <laughs> you hit on something really important here. You're right. It's become, I think, too easy to just live behind the screen, the monitor, yeah. and taking that time to get up and get out. You know, when we have businesses, there's always an excuse to do a little more work, right? Yeah. And I think COVID also added to that challenge because people realize, okay, well, I can work from home now, which kind of meant my workday never ends. As early as I get up, it begins. And as late as I'm looking at that monitor or that screen or that mobile device, it continues. Yeah. And that keeps us from doing things. I'm really glad you touched on that. Last month, I went to my first Cars and Coffee. It was called Porsches and Coffee because it was at a new Porsche repair shop, Mercedes repair shop here in where I live in Gig Harbor called Spec German. And it was so refreshing to be out amongst 
my peers, my, yeah. my car. You know, it was so I didn't want to leave. In fact, I think I was the first guy to arrive and the last guy to leave. I'm sure the owner was saying, when is that guy going to go home so we can close the doors? Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't want to leave because it was so enjoyable to talk with people. But you're right. Get out. And it's easy to get trapped behind these monitors, isn't it? Especially when you're running God, a yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, my, my average phone time is 16 hours. Yeah. Uh, a very good uh, a customer of mine and a very good friend of mine lives in the States. Always texts me, obviously, later in the evening. He's on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And he'll text me at midnight my time and I'll reply. And, <laughs> and I'll reply by 4.30 because that's when I wake up. He has refused to text me at some point in time saying, you need to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I agree. In a world, I think it's something we we all talk about a lot. I think in business, you know, it's yeah, it's one more email, it's one more text message, one more telephone call, it's one more article to read. Right. Um, and I mean, I I, I mean, my morning was was looking at a, a Ferrari with two customers of mine, and instead of just you know inspecting the car, which we did for an hour or so, we, we sat down and had lunch for fifteen minutes, mm. and that fifteen minutes is probably more conversation I've had in person with somebody so far this year, let's say, yeah. uh, I mean, other than over the telephone. Yeah. So, um, yeah. well, you, you dropped a nice value bomb on us there, James, that we all <laughs> need to remind ourselves. And I think we're going to see an explosion of travel across the world here once we're most of us feel a bit safer. We're out of this thing and we're moving about uh, as the vaccines come online and so forth. And I think it's going to be so refreshing and so much fun. And people are going to realize that there's some different things that are of more value in life. Uh, and that is getting out, being amongst people, being out in nature. Uh, and so forth. So I'm really happy you shared that. It's an important lesson to remember for sure. Now, you're still young, as I keep saying, but I assume you've got quite a bit on your bucket list or in your bucket list. <laughs> Are there some things that if you do a maybe a short-term jump of three to five years that you'd really like to accomplish with your business? Yeah, no, again, a good question. Um, I think probably one of my ultimate, as, as I mentioned, maybe I, I think I mentioned earlier, my, my ultimate car, my favorite car is a Jaguar C-Type. Mm. Uh, I, I do say to people, the day I'm able to buy or sell a, a C-Type, uh, obviously, ideally, specifically a real one, uh, and ideally the one which Phil Hill drove, which was sold to an American gentleman last year. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> Yes, one time able to buy or sell a seat time, I, that, that is the height of my career. I, I mean, I, I shouldn't maybe say that so early on. <laughs> but yeah, the, the seat type said means a lot to me. So, so when that day comes, if I'm able to buy one, if I can sell one, I'll, I'll be a very happy man. Yeah, I think so. Uh, absolutely. Oh, and I don't know the answer to this. You may know. How many of those vehicles exist? They did three series of the C-Types. Series 1, Series 2, Series 3, which obviously they don't call that them. Um, but the final one was the public car, which had, I think, four more horsepower mm. than, the, than the previous two generation. Um, yes, yeah, so, so C-Types they made 53 of. Uh, yeah, not too many. And are all those cars still accounted for? Are there any mystery cars lost out there that we don't know about maybe? Yeah, I think that, I think there's one or two that are still missing that hid in the barn somewhere, or, or indeed were destroyed after racing. But I think most are accounted for and certainly acclaimed for. Yeah, oh, they're such beautiful cars. Well, the, again, you're a nice segue guy here for me, James. Nice segue into my next question, and that is about a really special vehicle in your life. Now, this could be a, a car that you. Uh, your first car, perhaps, or a car that you own now, or maybe you might have already answered the question, a car you aspire to own. We know that C-Type, so let's skip that one because that one's coming. Yep. It's in your future. <laughs> it's out there somewhere. We just don't know which one is going to be yours. So talk about maybe a really special car in your life. This could even be a car that your grandfather owned. 
Yeah, no, no, again, great question. I think probably probably one of the first cars I started my business with, which is a Alfa Romeo Discovenante, which was a, a 2017 produced by it was it was, it was handmade by Tornesio Bergera in Milan, Italy. So that that's one of the cars I I started I launched my business with. So I was able to spend a, a large amount of time with that car. So I was fortunate enough to drive that and also a, its sister car, which is a Spider Car. Mm-hmm. Um, they made eight coupes and seven Spiders, and um, yeah, very special car. So I mean, the, the history behind that is it. It's a, it's a Alfa Romeo 8C donor car, and then Torin have, have handcrafted a, a carbon fiber alum body on it, uh, and it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, there's one car in America, and the rest of them are over here in Europe and in Asia. And yeah, that, that was the car. It was one of the cars I launched a business with from a, from a private collection. And it, it's just a very, you know, I, I think I said earlier to someone, I think I was talking to someone a couple of days ago about it. It, it, it reminds that sort of car because it's hand built, it's beautiful coach work on it. it. It reminds us what was, you know, talking about pre-war cars, certainly with you know, coach, coach work. You were given your chassis and your engine, your gearbox, and you took it to a coach work company, certainly like Toronto Superleggera, and they created a beautiful body for you. Torin created the first Ferrari, the first, the first public Ferrari. So th- th- that's a very special car in my view. I think it's a very special car to, to the world and, and certainly a very personal car to me. thought it was the, uh, was that Italian for flying saucer, I believe? Yeah. 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 It, it, that's the 1900 C52, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, back in the day they made those. And yeah, this is kind of, a, I guess, a tribute to a it. A tribute. Yeah. The modern. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those things are just, I, how do you even describe that thing? Because it's just so, it's so Italian. Number one. Yeah, it's very, very pretty. And they, I mean, from an engineering perspective, nothing's been really been changed. It's slightly softer and the exhaust is slightly open, more open. But it's, I think, to quote Jeremy Clarkson, when he drove it, it it's not a car you need to drive quickly. Hmm. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to drive both a coupe and a spider for a good 50, 100 kilometers. Ooh, wow. Yeah, they're, they're just special. Um, they're special to look at. They're special to drive. They do feel different to the 8C, funny enough. Um, and as I say, for me, it's, it's really a car which, which kind of takes us back to, to what cars were. You know, we're very lucky enough that manufacturers are creating a new sports car every six, three months, maybe Porsche or Lamborghini or Alfa Romeo indeed. But none of those cars can do what, what the Disco Volante can do. It, it's, you know, everything on that car was, was hand-built for that car. It was hand-beaten. Hand the, the, the metal was beaten to its shape. Well, it's beautiful. I mean, wow. <laughs> just, oh, I could just sit and dream about that. And the fact that you got to uh, experience some time behind the wheel, how special is that? So I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here, James. I'm going to be your psychiatrist today. If you were manifest as a vehicle, now this isn't what you want to be because we all would love to be a disco volante or some <laughs> kind of cool, sexy car. This is more about your personality, your drive, your persistence, perhaps manifest into a vehicle what would you be but the most important part of this question is why oh yeah i i mean i mean that that is a good good question um there are so many great cars aren't there and there's, <laughs> there's so many cars i always want to relate myself to because they're so different i think it would probably be the 166 mm which luigi canetti raced at me that's uh, sorry i mean amita and also le mans Based on that car, survived 24 hours, and from memory, 23 hours and 40 minutes driven by Luigi. So I, I think probably that car, those cars can go forever. Um, I've been very lucky enough to be a passenger one on Mila Mila. So yeah, probably a 166 mm. Well, yeah, that's. A, I mean, they're just gorgeous, just gorgeous, and the history, as you said, makes them even more special. So very cool. I think you're the first one of those on the show too. So I like that. Now, one of the things I've learned having talked to so many people here on Cars Yeah is 
how we are happiest in life is when we're giving back. So are there some ways that you give back, some ways that you help others in the automotive sector? Yeah, uh, there's certainly a handful of things we're, we're planning ahead. Um, so we're, we're certainly starting to plan an apprenticeship scheme um, mm. to kind of get younger guys, certainly when I, even when I started my business when I was 19, kind of into what I do, as well as work experience. One of the things we, I certainly got in plan with a, a good friend of mine over here in the UK is it's kind of a workshop. So this particular friend of mine is he's a car collector over here in London. He's young, he's in his 20s, same as me. And, and we really want to have a couple of days each month when guys who are studying at university or college or taking their degrees in mechanical engineering can come to a shop, basically come to a workshop and just have a couple more classes, really. So that's one of the things we're building towards the future is to, to have a space, preferably in, in the UK, nice. uh, where we can host some of these events. Because, you know, yes, formal education is fantastic. Some of the engineering schools, both in the US and over here, are, are world class. But I think that actually to give us a couple more guys that kind of out of classroom experience, I, I think I think it's valuable. Oh, yeah. I think it's a wonderful idea. I used Where I used to work years ago, I would do a thing called Boys Night Out on Thursdays, and I'd invite friends over. And we would, uh, I, I really was secretly using it as a bit of a test bed because we were developing car care products. So I would have them bring their cars into our shop. We had a big space yeah. and say, hey, try this. See if you, what you think about this. And I'd be sitting back there writing notes and going, hmm, okay, <laughs> how do they use this? Did they read the instructions? No, they're guys. So guys don't read instructions. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's a wonderful idea. The apprentice program is absolutely brilliant as well. Uh, as my listeners know, and you're about to hear in our next break, uh, Tech Force Foundation, which is a U.S. company that helps young people get into the automotive sector. They provide scholarships and ways for people to work in the automotive field uh, is a big key part of that. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I'll take a short break. We'll talk about Tech Force in a second here. When we come back, I'm going to ask you about a great book you've read. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Did you know that less than 3% of all automotive technicians in the United States are women? You may not be surprised, but you should be concerned because our country is facing a massive technician shortage right now. Skilled, qualified techs are in high demand, and we need young women and men to consider these careers as a viable path to a fulfilling life. I've interviewed hundreds of women in the automotive sector here on Cars Yeah, and I know that women make great techs. That's why I support the nonprofit Tech Force Foundation and its Women Techs Rock initiative to ensure women see themselves in the profession, the industry, and the workforce. Learn more at techforce.org today. All right, we're back. Now, is there a book that you've read? You know, with COVID, one thing that I found with my listeners is we've had a little bit more time on our hands because of restrictions. So maybe there's a book you've read in the last 12 months or so that you'd like to share? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm very fortunate enough kind of in the industry involved, and there are so many great books. But I mean, based on what I do, I, I seem to spend most most weeks going through the classic car auction yearbook, which I'm sure most people who are listening have it. So I, I go through that book book on probably on the weekly, maybe not a traditional, but based on it's more numbers. Mm-hmm. But kind of, um, I, I got the um, I got the Mura book two months ago and now I think I got delivered and uh yeah I've, I've read that twice down and that, that's fantastic <laughs> I mean I, I know it took Simon and, and the team I think it was over 10 years when they had planned to release it as such or started but um yeah that, that that's a book I can I can fully recommend well the Miura there's another dream ride oh my gosh yeah all right we're gonna go on the ultimate ride here I have a magic scepter that means I can arrange for you to go on a drive in any vehicle in the world you get to pick you get to pick who you're with. This could be somebody living or deceased. And 
I'd like to know who's driving and what are you going to be talking about? So what's this ultimate drive about for you? Yeah, again, probably quite easy for me. So it'd be with Phil Hill. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it'd be in the C-Type he raced. So chassis X, uh, XKC007. It would be him driving because he's a far better driver than I or, or than I was told. And it would be talking, uh, my favorite car is, is the C-Type, which he drove. So he would be talking, it was the first example imported to the US. It was the first to race, uh, race uh, or it was the first car to, or C-Type to race a win in, in, the, in the US. So, um, yeah, it, it'd probably be that. It'd probably be Phil Hill and his C-Type, him driving. Boy, wouldn't that be something. Now, his son Derek's been a guest on the show here, and they, they just finished, I think it's done, yeah, it's done, uh, he sold a lot of his father's memorabilia, which was just a massive yeah. number of things. And some of the prices that you'd think uh, they were selling Steve McQueen's stuff. Uh, but Phil was what a wonderful guy. Had the incredible pleasure of having lunch with him one day. He was at a race that I was participating in, driving a 1960 Lotus 18 is what I was driving. So, And he was just the nicest person. Uh, my son was quite young. I've got some great pictures of Blake with Phil uh, way back when. So that would be quite a very cool drive and especially in that car. Oh my gosh. Take a moment and think about that. Wow. Very, very cool. Well, James, you have been a delight to talk with today. I'd love for you to give us maybe a final parting word of wisdom or advice before we let you go when it comes to cars or your career or life. Yeah, I think certainly for people in the automotive sector, it's, it's as I said earlier, it's, it's persistence. Um, you know, certainly learn, you know, know best as possible of what, of what you're dealing with. Maybe, maybe you just so Aston Martins or Ferraris, you know, I know every single model inside out, which sounds normal, but sadly lots of people don't. And um, yeah, just, just never give up. I love it. Uh, words of a racer goes back to Phil Hill. Every <laughs> racer and I've interviewed hundreds have been on this show. Those are their words of advice. Never give up. How can people learn more about your business and follow what you're doing there at O'Kane Labors? Sure. So it's, it's O'Kane Labors on all social media and it's www.okanelabors.com. Very cool. Is there anything special you have for sale right now that you uh, might entice some of us with? I'm just about to take a Bagani Wire. Ooh, okay. Now we're coming into the future. Yeah, so yeah, so it's something very, very modern. Um, but you've got a handful of great XKs and E-types coming in at the moment and uh, some great Alfa Romeos. Nice, great. I got to spend a day with one of those wearers that that car is like a jewel. I mean, everywhere you look is something mm. unique and special. It was, ah, you get to hang with some cool things. Well, listeners, you'll find everything on James' show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com, type in James O'Kane, and you'll find everything there. James, thank you for spending some time with me today. This has been really great to connect with you. Uh, amazing journey you're just heading out onto here in your life. So we wish you the best. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Perfect. Thank you, Mark. Take care. You too. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.